Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Gary. It's December. Yay. Everybody's excited. Uh-huh. The spirit of Christmas is in the air. Yay. Woohoo! You're such a Grinch. <laughs> I had to be every the one. corner. I had to be the one. No, there didn't have to be a one because this is a time of magic and happiness and joy and gift giving and funny movies and heart wrenching tales of love and epicness and epicness sure yeah are you gonna oh my god gonna i'm done Mm. so this this month on the show we're talking about christmas movies yay every week's gonna be a different christmas movie but not necessarily a sequel though many of them have sequels not all of them do this week on the show we're talking about home alone yay yay we all went and saw Home Alone over the weekend at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center because the Tulsa Symphony did a live performance of the movie's soundtrack along with the film. It was a pretty cool experience. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen something quite, I'd never seen Home Alone quite like that before. It was, uh, they do a really good job. Uh, I've gone to see the Harry Potter that they've been doing as well, which is also a Christmas timey movie, I guess. It's not a Christmas movie, but people associate it with Christmas for some reason. I don't know. People have interesting thoughts. But this is the first time that I'd gone to see a Christmas movie like this. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. They do a very good job. And you, it, I kind of feel bad for the symphony because you forget they're there most of the time. Like they just blend in so well with the movie and you're watching the movie, which is good. Yeah. I guess you're, you're supposed to be focusing on the movie. <clears throat> and it, sh- <clears throat> it shows how good they are as musicians that they just blend in seamlessly. So uh, overall, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. How many times have y'all seen this movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> does that mean you have seen it once oh, no. or a lot i remember when this movie first came out of course you do because you were 30 <laughs> I, you do you remember 1990 i sure do you don't i don't believe him no, i don't believe four. Him. yeah what? you would have been like four i don't believe you no, i would have been like five because that one year is really when that memory kicks in. So I was born in 1990. I would have been five in 1995. Yes. I remember very little. And I certainly don't remember movies coming out. I remember, like, uh, learning the basics of life and how to <laughs> be a tiny human. And you're telling me you remember Home Alone. I sure do. At five years old. I sure do. Okay, well, let the record show that no one in this room believes him, but we'll allow him to continue to say it. Okay. <laughs> what well, tell us remember? what, yeah, yeah, what do you remember? What are the specifics? Tell us the story, because I got the Google machine right here, and I'm ready to fact check, buddy. You better I... tell us one thing that you could only know in 1990. So, when I went to go see this movie, the theater was packed. And I went with my parents and my brother, and we came down to Tulsa to see it. And uh, one of the there there was two movies in particular that were playing that weekend. The other one was Three Men and a Little Girl. And what movie theater? I don't remember. Uh huh. Okay. Convenient. Sure. I don't remember. Very convenient. Mm-hmm. But if I had to guess, it probably would have been over at Eastland Mall in Tulsa because they had a movie theater at that time. Mm, Three Men and a Little Lady did exist in 1990. (laughs) Around the same time as Home Alone? Uh, Three Men and a Little Lady came out November 21st. Okay. Home Alone came out November 16th. Okay. It's plausible. 
So I still think he's lying. But I think that he spends a lot of time on the computer looking up trivia and has committed it to thinking that he remembers 1990, but he remembers looking up the trivia. And I know that two people out of this room who are not named Andrew are full of shit. Mm, I think it's the other way around. Yeah, we're buddy. Of, if we're full of anything, it's your shit. <laughs> Continue. Keep but, telling. But no, I went to go see it, and it was packed. Um, yeah. And afterwards, we went. Afterwards, I think we went and did a little Christmas shopping because it was right around Thanksgiving, whenever we saw it, I believe. And. Uh, yeah, after that, we, we really didn't do too much. I don't remember all that much. I just remember going into the movie theater because I remember we had to walk up a flight of stairs in order to get to it. So, obviously, there was there was a second story to this. And I just remember a sea of people going into Home Alone. It was a very popular movie. It was a very popular movie. And I didn't end up owning this until I was maybe 12. That's all I remember. All right, thank you. So your Next. your me- your memory is all of the basic facts of the that people know of it. I, it's a real popular movie that my came out memory, in nineteen ninety. And my uh, memory is th- what around Thanksgiving. My memory is what I remember of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, we'll allow it. Okay, I'll believe it, but we'll allow it. <laughs> You can believe whatever you want to. Let's continue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I will tell you that is the truth. Uh-huh. And when have I ever known to lie to you all? Always. Yeah. Okay. Mr. <laughs> Asterisk, by your your point system in the early beginnings of this show, I remember things. What the hell are you talking about? Uh-huh. See, you forget that. So Home Alone <laughs> is probably my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. I watch it every year. Yep. I've been watching it for... 20 some odd years and it's still just as funny every time I watch it. I love it so It never much. gets old. No. It really doesn't. It get hasn't old. yet. It's very timeless. It is. So, uh, no, this, ever since I saw this movie, I've, I've always, always loved it. Mm-hmm. And it's always just the quintessential, besides a few others, a quintessential Christmas movie. And it's, it's just held that timeless quality. And you can't you can't get over like the humor. The humor's still funny. It's written by John Hughes. It's written by it's uh, directed by Chris Columbus, who's a very underrated director. And um, it had a star making turn by the little boy Macaulay Culkin, of whom people kind of knew, but now after this movie, everybody really knew. And he had an Oscar winning actor. I don't think he won an Oscar that year yet because it just came out that year, but. Uh, uh, Joe Pesci. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because Ooh. Goodfellas also came out that year. So then he wouldn't have won it yet. Probably not. It would have been the fo- the next year Yeah, if it was for Goodfellas. Yeah, I don't know. It's got a great cast. Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, J- Catherine O'Hara. Great cast of people. John Candy. Um, Kieran Culkin. He, sure. He plays Fuller. Sure. <laughs> I, uh, this is not one that's always been in my Christmas movie repertoire. Uh, so this is the first time I've seen it in probably not like a super long time, but it's not one that I watch every year. Um, why? Well, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. It's just not one that I watch every year. Uh, it's always humorous. Uh, and I enjoy it uh, after the beginning. (laughs) 
beginning really takes me out because I hate everyone. I hate everyone a lot. You're supposed to. You're uh, supposed no, to. Why I would hate, that take you no, out? I hate everyone so much that I want that scene to be over with. So, like, I, including Kevin. I, I understand that Kevin is eight, but I hate him too. They're all horrible, horrible human beings. Why do you hate Kevin? Because he's an annoying little prick. He is. Based on the way he's treated, you think that his reactions are uncalled for. When he is is constantly beaten up on by everyone in that house, and then he opens his mouth, and now he's the jerk? (laughs) I'm just saying, he annoys me as well. They all annoy me. I'm not saying that I say he, I mean, you shouldn't talk back to your parents. You should be respectful. Maybe he's got a point. But, like, he straight up is a big old jerk to his mother. Can't do that when you're eight. Shouldn't shouldn't do that ever. But yeah, everyone at the beginning of the movie, uh, it, it, up until they leave, drives me up the wall. And, it, and it's hard for me to get past it. I think that might be one of the reasons that I don't consistently watch it, uh, is just because that first like 10 minutes or however long it is, is just like, oh, I don't like any of you. This is the weirdest take I've ever heard on this movie in my life. <laughs> I don't like any of them. The dad is the only one who's not, like, overbearingly a jerk. That might be the end of the show. I don't know how to to move on from that. No, uh, uh, I've already said my piece about it, so... I agree, it's a good movie. I just, it takes me a while to get in it just because of how much I don't like the people at the beginning. But again, once they all, like, fall asleep and up until the next day, then it's fine. It's just, it takes me a while to get into it because of how much... I really don't like any of them at the beginning. After that, totally fine. Okay. Yeah, I've always I've always wondered, like, what did that family do for a living? Because no, it's never said. It's never said in either of the two movies, like uh, like how they were able to afford all of that, like that house, first class tickets on a plane to Paris where his brother's staying. And like to afford all that is just is nuts. I f- I think that's nuts to me. Mm-hmm. I will say that after watching this movie this time, uh, there is a misconception about that because everybody always assumes that Kevin McAllister's dad buys the tickets, and they clearly say no. that the people in Paris are flying them out there. Brother, yeah. Yeah. And if he was relocated to Paris for whatever job he is, it doesn't matter. It sounds like he's got a pretty lucrative job. Yeah. And that whole family seems like they've got pretty well-off situation. They may not do anything. Maybe they're trust fund babies. I feel like that's a plot hole that people pick at yeah. for uh, no, no reason. Yeah, because it's not actually a plot hole. Because it's literally addressed. Yeah. The only... Qu- I mean, you can have a... Qu- you can, wor- you can wonder, wonder. But like... Yeah. And a lot of people do. It doesn't like change the movie. The only thing that... Uh, from the perspective of that family that doesn't make sense to me is why they live in such a large house because they it's just four of them. It's just the mom and dad, Kevin and Buzz. All the other cousins and other people don't live there. See like uh one of the things that one of the things I'll say is that whenever towards the end, whenever he goes down to look at the present or when he goes down he thinks his mom is home and he isn't, mm-hmm. she isn't. Uh there's like a there's that picture or there, there's that picture that he kisses before he goes to bed mm-hmm. and it's like his mom is uh, Kevin's mom dad Kevin Buzz and then there's three other kids 
Are those not the cousins? I thought they were like his brothers and sisters. I didn't know it was just Kevin and Buzz. I mean, I thought it was. I, for a long time, thought it was. And then that, that when I saw that this recent time, kind of threw me for a loop. I don't know. Because, like, there are a couple of girls yeah. who don't really, like, get a, addressed as who they are in the family. Like, it is made very clear that Buzz is his brother. And everything else is just not said. I go to the yeah, end of the sure. movie when the they come back. And this is another thing uh-huh. that I have seen people address is like people wonder what happened to the Frank and, and the aunt. Oh yeah. And they stayed like, yeah, it's just that like, listen, crystal clear. Yeah. It's they, the, the, the McAllister, Kevin McAllister's family took flights back to get back to their son who they left alone. There's absolutely no reason for the other ones to come back when assumingly they're not moving to Paris. If the other person got them flights, he probably got them round tripped why wouldn't they just stay and enjoy Paris while yeah. the other family comes back? Like, well, and plus, they, I mean, Uncle Frank made it very clear he didn't care about Kevin ever. At yeah. once, he was like, well, if it, it makes you feel better, I left my glasses there, too. Right. Like, he doesn't care about no. him. No. Look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't care about Kevin. No, not in the slightest. He was annoyed, probably, that it threw off the whole vacation. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, he's getting a free vacation out of it, too, so. Right. You know, why would he want to leave just to go back to wherever the hell it was? Yeah. And that's why I think, for me, my assumption was that the people that came back were all of people in that house. But I don't know. Uh, some Again, the only thing that's clear is who the parents are and that Kevin and Buzz are related. Everybody else yeah. is in this cluster of confusion. I just got to think, even if there's a couple other siblings out there, that house, just the front of that house had to have 20 windows in it. Like, yeah. it's just a, mo- it's a mansion of it's a, a house. It's a monster mm-hmm. house. Like, it's too big. <laughs> Plus a basement. It's got to be like a room for, for or two rooms per person in the house. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's got a basement, and the attic is another bedroom. Which is very nice. Yeah. For attic He was standards. like, it's scary up there. Man, I'd live up there. <clears throat> the yeah. attic was nice. The attic was nice. I liked it. Does it still have lasting power, do you think? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think it, just the fact that... You know, they did this show of it at the symphony, and it was a, a full house there. Like, yep. there was not many empty seats left over by the end of the night. There was a lot of people there uh, who came out to see that show. It's on TV every year. Mm-hmm. It's still meme-worthy. People meme it to death. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's still got a lot of staying power. I think it's better than... I, I honestly think it's better than it often even gets credit for. Like, there are certain movies that come up in discussions when it comes to Christmas before Home Alone. I don't get it. Well, I thought it was interesting because the conductor came out and was reading off facts about that one year it, it, when it was showed in one company or showed in one country and they didn't show it that one year. And it turns out the people, did they riot? Is that's, what that what he, that's what he said. Who knows what he means by that? <laughs> I just, I find that, I find that a little hard to believe but at the same time, I'm like, people will get crazy about stuff like this. Yeah. And, but like, I don't know. I just, I, I found that strange, but I also found that it's, you know, people love this movie that much. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Well, I think it's very, it's a very relatable movie for a lot of people. Whether you have a, a big family or not, uh, I think you can, most people can at some point identify a time in their life when they felt like, 
they were like the the forgotten one or the one that doesn't get listened to or the one that everyone's mean to because like the story of this movie is that Kevin feels like everybody's mean to him all the time and and but for some reason he's the only one who can't be mean back when he's mean back he gets in trouble but everyone else is allowed to act like like jerks no that I, I agree that's so, true yeah and I'm sure everyone's felt like that at some point in their life like just the fact that Buzz went completely unpunished for that for the way he acted at the dinner table but but Kevin had to go to his room for standing up is like ridiculous sit to the attic not just his room yeah so then he's has this wish that his family dis- disappears and Every kid at some point is probably like, oh, I don't even want a family. Everybody's mean. I don't like them. I don't want it. So you, you, people have felt that. And then he gets to experience that. And then he gets to see how much he misses his family once Christmas comes back around. It's a good Christmas message. Yep. It's very um, Christmas carol-y themed to an extent. Like you kind of don't, you take what you ha- have or can have for granted and uh, you have all of these kind of lessons arise whenever all of these things are gone in a sense it this is like a reverse where his family no longer exists and he kind of gets to experience what life is like without his family and then when they come back it's like oh i appreciate you so much mm-hmm. more what i i also uh, what i didn't get was how how he thought his family actually disappeared hey a kid but he has he's not He's very intelligent and goes through... He knows what to do to live for a week on his own. So he's not really... Um, he, he's even smart enough to realize, well, their cars are still here, so they can't have gone to the airport. Yeah. But how did he not know that they were going to... Uh, that a shuttle was going to pick them up in the morning? <laughs> I don't understand. They, they do present Kevin as an interesting character because at the beginning of the movie... And it may just be the way people perceive him, but... They talk about, like, he doesn't even know how to pack a suitcase. Like, he's... All of these things he doesn't know how to do. Yeah, they, and yeah. then all of the... But, like, he himself is trying to find help do this, presenting him as a worthless, useless child. Because he's like, I don't know how to pack a suitcase. Will somebody help me? Can somebody do this? Can somebody help me do this? And then all of the sudden that he is able to go shopping and create these traps and all of these things in an hour and all of this stuff so he does have an interesting progression as a character if you really sit down and think about it which in this kind of a movie you're not supposed to he's forced into becoming the man of the house he even calls himself the man of the house so he mimics the man of the house he puts he he does the the air aerosol uh deodorant Mm -hmm. wrapping the towel around his waist and putting clapping the classic uh aftershave on his face and then screaming like he didn't shave. Yeah. Or he doesn't need to shave. Right. But that's what he sees his dad do. So he's mm. copying what he thinks the man of the house does, and that's funny. Yeah. He went to the, the grocery store specifically to get a, a, a toothbrush approved by the American Dental Association. Like, <laughs> he's not quite an average child. No, definitely not. The, the, the bigger question about that is why couldn't the, the, the clerk tell him, like, what toothbrush is approved by the American Dental Association? Right, and what toothbrush doesn't say it? They all have it on there. Come on now. Well, and, and the other the other thing is is that you know, if, if somebody asked me that specific of a question about that that minuscule of a thing, I would have just said, "Yeah, you lie to a child on Christmas." So it wasn't Christmas wow. yet. Wow, it's American. Di- 
Who the hell cares? <laughs> he does. That's why he asked the question. He wants to make sure that he's not getting no knockoff toothbrush that might tear out his teeth. <laughs> right, right. Something like that. Also, like... Some black market toothbrush. Yeah. Where, where did his toothbrush go? <laughs> I bet, now, that's uh, in the suitcase. But his suitcase never got packed, I that's don't think. That's true. Probably not. And it wouldn't have left because they never went up to get him. True. So, where did his toothbrush go? Yeah. His kid just loses his toothbrush? I don't know. I don't know. But I have questions. I just thought that was an interesting character build whenever he stole it. Like, well, he didn't mean to. He didn't, he was, me- he didn't he was mean afraid to. Of he, re- he realized he stole it. And, and he, he felt bad like, about yeah. it. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he was trying to run away from the serial killer, old man Marley. <laughs> who was not a serial killer. Who was not. Who was one of the kindest, nicest characters in the movie. Yep. Another nice message that not everyone is as they seem. I will say, like, it... it it was nice going to see this in the symphony last night because I loved hearing those reactions, especially when old man Marley rescues Kevin. Yeah, the that applause was, was nice. Like the, the crowd reacted with with great applause. So we were able to watch that last night, and it I, I loved how that I loved how that worked. It's it's one of the reasons why I love going back and seeing these old movies, especially in a theater crowd. One thing that kind of bothered me about Marley was when he talks to Kevin in the church, he mentions that he knows that there are rumors going around about him, which means he knows that people think he's like this weird, creepy killer man. Yeah. And that's upsetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really upsetting. It makes me feel really bad for him. Yeah. I don't understand how I never noticed it before, because it really... Well, what's he to do? Like he's so he's already a sad man. He doesn't get to see his family. He doesn't get to see his granddaughter. He knows these things are going around, but like he can't really do anything. I'm not. I'm not defending it. It still sucks. But like, he's just a a, a sad old man at that point in time, and, and I think that really uh, brings the point that you know Kevin came to appreciate him, and that his family came back at the end. It really makes that hit you in the feels even more because i i am more emotionally invested in that because we talked about this after the movie um when the family gets home after two like so Catherine o'hara is spending two days or however many days going through hell to get back and then the other family walks in like 10 minutes later and they all go, oh, man, Kevin, are you okay? Okay, bye. And then they all go away again. Like, well, that is a bigger so, deal. And I feel like they would have had a much stronger, visceral kind of a reaction to their son, who is eight, who has been by himself, who they have not been able to contact for ever, it would seem. And then they all come home and it's like, hey, man, it's cool you didn't burn down the place. Okay, I'm going to go back away now and not spend any time with you. And then they all leave, and then he's by himself well, so, again. so, I don't know. I don't think so. Because that was Buzz who said that line. And Buzz had, like, a very stupid monologue about how much he did not care. True. And really... But the parents... The, but the, the parents, mom was the only one who... Like, the dad didn't really care either. And like, he did, he but would not to the extreme. He was very... Uh, he approached it very calmly, like, we're going to get the next flight home. We're not going to panic and overreact. He's going to be fine. We're going to call everyone we can call. And we're g- and he ended up he ended up being the right one in the end because he ended right. there at the same time. No, I get that. So but she, when they got back, they wouldn't have spent five minutes with him and then just left. Like, I, parents don't react that way. 
I don't know. I'm not a parent. I've never and I've never left a kid at home alone. Yeah, I feel um, like if you were a parent and left a kid at home alone, you would not leave their side for quite a while. Oh yeah, you'd stick to them like glue. Like you wouldn't like smother them, but like you wouldn't be like, okay, well, I'm glad you're okay. I'm gonna go fix dinner now or whatever. Like you're just. You wouldn't just go right back into your regular life. You'd be like, "What did you do? What happened? How? What? I, I answer all of these one hundred and fifty thousand questions that I have." I don't know. I can't answer it because I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, it didn't. I don't know. It didn't bug me the way they reacted. They hugged him. He said, "Oh, I went. I got groceries." I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. Like, what did you do? He, he lived. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that any parent that cares would have had such a casual reaction to it. Like you can you can be casual in the moment like the dad was, but once you get back and you see your son, you would be like, "Do we need to take you to the doctor? What is going on? Are you a blah blah blah? Did you eat well, all I of mean, this stuff?" There's... Like you would have these reactive questions and not just be like, "Oh great, everything's fine. Okay." I think Merry maybe Christmas. I think maybe to some extent, but there's also the fact that he wasn't left somewhere dangerous. He was at home, like but in a still, safe place. But like, if you're a parent and you are going overseas uh-huh. and you leave your eight year old child alone, you don't in the '90s. You don't have iPhones. Right. You don't when have no one any, was as right. afraid as they are today. No, but you it wasn't would nearly be as scary. You no. would be because it wasn't. But if your eight year old son is left by themselves and you can't contact anyone and you can't get in touch with them it doesn't matter if it's safer back then you would still be freaking out that you can't contact your eight-year-old son who is by himself while you're in another country that is cause she did though she did she did but when she got back they just went but what do you do then you're back you found him what do you want that's when you react and you have that moment as a parent i mean i'm not a parent i'm just basing it on how my i feel like my parents would react they would ask me so many questions. They would be like freaking out to an extent because now that I'm back, they would see that I'm fine, but they wouldn't just be like, okay, good. Okay, back to life now. No, no, that's not how they would react. My parents sure as hell would. They just asked me, did you take out the trash? And I'd be like, yeah. I kind of feel the same. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I think. Did you I... clean up the dog shit in the backyard? They, they were all just. Besides the mom, they were all way too casual about it. And I get the kids. The kids. Yeah, are why? Why? Kids or whatever. Yeah, they... But like parents would, the the dad would be calm in the moment. That based on like cliches of parents, the dad would be calm in the moment. But he would also be low key freaking out. Like. I don't think any parent would just be like, he'll be fine while we're in Paris for two days and we can't. No. If you are not able to contact your eight-year-old, I got to end for the age matters. Because at eight, you can't like babysit yourself. Like you still need a babysitter. You still need to do all of these things with adult supervision. He is completely alone. They cannot contact anybody. They called the police. The police never got back with them. And so all of these things would create a panicked parent. If they were good parents. And the Catherine O'Hara's reaction, I feel like, is logical. The dad's is a stereotype of a dad or a cliche of a dad who is, like, trying to keep calm and remain. But This movie also has to remain a comedy, though. Right, like, I know. You're, you're bordering on to making it a horror film. No, like, no, no. Like, 
I'm just saying, panic and freaking out. Like you still have to be able to laugh at it. For me, the ending was, and again, I know it's a comedy, but for me, the ending is just like, okay, glad you're alive. All right, we've talked to you for two minutes now. After this major occurrence, we're good and leave. I don't think that's realistic. Let's go to the store. Right. You? Oh, that's you don't think that's realistic no. in the movie of nonstop ridiculous things that could never happen. Sure. That's unrealistic for you. But at least the emotional stuff has been believable to an extent for the most part. Like, yeah, getting hit with the paint cans, and we'll get into that stuff in a minute, is over the top and absurd. But, like, the emotional stuff that you're putting into this family movie that we just talked about, you would have to put more emphasis into it because that is the point of the movie. Like, the family... But nobody misses the point of the movie. For me, it's just not believable in a sense of, like, the family just straight up left, and Kevin was by himself. If they wanted to, like, all remain in the same area, rather than just completely leave him alone again after they just got back. But they're in the same house. Do you want them to drag him into the the other rooms No, they would not put an emphasis on all of the small, minuscule things that they had. We gotta unpack and we gotta do this. They would have wanted to spend time with their child. I don't think so. (laughs) You guys are heartless. No! They got home, they found him, he's safe, they hugged him. What? It doesn't need to be a Broadway show. That's not what I'm saying, but they would not have just been like, okay, fine, that's everything, everything's good. So at what they point, would have spent, how, how, they how would many have spent times talking to their son. Like, the mom did. The dad did not. The but kids, like, did, their kids, whatever. But the dad was just like, all right, good job, buddy, and then left. He wouldn't have done that. How do you know that they didn't when, like, the movie ends and they, they like, you need to see that to believe it happened? No, what I'm saying is the order in which they did thing is not believable. The order in which they came home, saw him, then they didn't care, and were like, oh, we gotta unpack they him, we gotta to do this stuff. They have to take that out of the That cars. is secondary to coming it's back home in their to their eight-year-old child. So you just leave the, the yes. taxi guys out there. Yes, they would pay them. But no, I, I think, you, I would I think have, your no. son would be annoyed with you. <laughs> I'm not saying smother him. I'm saying that I would have spent time trying to figure out what happened, and my first focus would have been on my son not unpacking my suitcase and going to check out all of the things that have not really happened because we've been gone for two days. Like, I, I would mean, have made sure that he was okay and I would have talked to him. I mean, they did do that, though. They made sure he was okay. I don't understand. I do not. <laughs> I just want to emphasize that during this whole argument, I made a sandwich, I got myself a drink, and I'm just listening. Just like you all. But I will say this. I'm very happy they made it home, and I'm very happy he's safe. Agreed. Right. And like, so were they. And then they moved on with their life. You're the one that is BSing me the most, because if you left your eight-year-old son at home while you went to another country, you... I would have a stroke. Exactly. And you're acting like you're all calm, cool, and collected. In no, 2018, I, know I sure would. I, I don't know about 1990. Yeah. In 2018, it's easier to get in contact. With. It is. Well, and, and just... The fears are different than they are than they were thirty years ago. I don't know. They are. They don't no, even. No, they are. Not. But if no, you leave your eight-year-old son home alone while you're in another country, you're going to freak out. I, I, I will say this: like he, he is correct. Like we we do live in a di- in a different day and age now, but uh, it it's just like. I don't I mean, those, know. Those were the days when kids would go outside and just disappear for. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you I mean, knew like, we're in the same country. Like, if you were going to a different country, that's different. You would still have a panic. 
That is a completely different situation. But they did. I don't know what you want. They did panic. Right. They freaked out. They did everything they could to get to them, and you still aren't happy with them. I don't get it. I'm not on them. I'm on you because you're trying to put it in in a yearly thing, and you're saying that the fears are different. And in 2018, you have more fears but better connection. Mm-hmm. And so you could easily contact your eight-year-old child via uh, internet. You would hope via wouldn't get, cell phone that they have. But you would hope the you, the phone lines are probably more likely to work or get repaired faster. Mm-hmm. You have easier connection to a whole group of people, whereas back then you didn't. So even though you don't have the kinds of like visceral fears of of danger and things like that. The lack of communication when you're in a completely different country and your eight-year-old son is by themselves and you have no idea what's going on would create the same kind of a panic. Right, but they did. It's like they did. I don't... You're saying things like they didn't do it. And they did. This is what I'll say, (laughs) is that... They upended their whole lives to get back home as fast as they could. And you're acting like they didn't. No, this... Now I'm, I'm not on them now. Now I'm just having like this conversation. Okay, I don't. I don't. I'm lost because I feel I'm, like you're arguing things that happen. I, I, I want to join in, but I don't know where. <laughs> that's that's my problem. That's, that's that's. I just don't think that after all of that, they they went through this massive panic. You're right. Okay, they went through a massive panic. Yeah. Then they come home, and all of a sudden, okay, fine, everything's good. No, but it they was. Would have, I mean, it, like. It's more or less just like a sigh of relief, if anything. Uh, really, what this movie is not... This movie is pretty much intentionally... It's not supposed to be believable. I mean, like, even if they... Like, the the one thing that, that throws me off, really, is the fact that the phones come on. We've discussed this, but the phones are actually working. And at they, some point, yeah. At some point... We don't know exactly. Yeah, we don't know exactly, but... By the last night. Yeah. Because that's when the, the heist, or not the heist, but the burglary happens. Correct. But yeah, they call every single house around the house they live in, but not the house they live in. And they, I mean... That's they, true. They could, have, they could have easily called Kevin and be like, look, son, you stay home, you scrounge what you need to, and we will get to you as quick as we can. We're getting out of here right, right now. Because it's also, I mean, it's not believable. End of movie. It's also not believable that they couldn't get a hold of any human being. Yeah. Like, like come on. Everybody was out of town that yeah, week. Yeah, the whole entire everyone you know is that, out of town. That's the only thing that bugs me. That's the only thing about this that bugs me is just that it, everybody was out of town. But everybody the point, was out of town. And the point is that stuff doesn't matter because that stuff has to happen for the plot to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I found an article going to the phone thing about it um, this person, I, I I don't know enough about phone lines, but this person is talking, they're talking about how they can't contact and he's a, or like he can call and order a pizza and do all of this stuff. And so somebody online, somebody online said, I always assumed the tree actually severed the main trunk line, whatever that means to the whole town, but local calls within that same exchange still work. So the Huffington Post called AT&T and talked about how that was a plausible scenario in 1990. Whatever that means, if that makes sense to anybody, then they can understand. But it makes it sound like local calls within this area could still work, even if the phone line was jacked up. But like overseas calls go through a whole bunch of different connections, and that may cause problems. I don't know if that... 
I don't because I don't know if they ever actually spoke to anybody when they were making phone calls. Well, this is the kind see, of but it's nitpicking like, crap yeah. that I don't understand why people get so caught up in these things. Right, it's I, I, a I know. movie. I know, I know, but like, and it, it doesn't it's, matter. It's just my only thing about that is is that it's a plot hole. And my like, granted, it, granted, the movie's still great. I love the movie. I'll watch. The, I'll probably watch the movie again before Christmas. But the truth, but the truth is, when it gets right down to it, is is that. That is just a glaring plot hole that I can't overlook. I'm like, they can't, like, the parents didn't call. The parents called every every other house around there except their own. And it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to point out that he ordered a pizza. Yeah. So I, I didn't. I didn't think of that. So like, he clearly ordered a pizza. So the phones were working. So I, you know, yeah, because they told them on the phone. Um, the power, or not on the phone, but before they left, that it knocked out your phones and it won't be, they'll be out for a while. Yeah. So you would think a person would understand, okay, my phone, the phone lines are out so we can't get to them, but we're still going to call the number every day just in mm-hmm. case they come on. And they don't, you're right, they don't do it. Yeah. That's that's just a, that's just a glaring plot hole. Because there's also like, you could criticize the, the police department. What were they doing? All they did was just knock on the door, and yeah. that's it. And the that's fact that it? he didn't announce himself as a police officer, like, yeah. hey, it's the police trying to check, like, you could easily nitpick every single decision in this movie, but I, that would be a waste of time, it would and be, it, would it would be stupid, be, because you're just supposed to enjoy it. It would be it's a waste a of time. It's a family Christmas movie. I, it would be a waste of time. I. So getting back on track a little bit, uh, one of the things I loved about this movie is the musical score. Sure. I love the musical score. I loved the the chemistry that uh, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci kind of had. Mm-hmm. I great think that chemistry. was I think that was great. Uh, as far as John Hughes's writing is concerned, it's... it was obviously terrible because there's all these plot holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I mean it's John Hughes kind of built his reputation up on very. Not cheap comedy, but comedy that still, comedy that still lasts, but cut, but also stuff that has meaning. So mm-hmm. if anything, this movie has a shitload of heart. Oh yeah. And the best thing about John Hughes, I don't is know, Gary okay, might disagree, but I will say that John Hughes, if anything, is probably the great, is probably the greatest like holiday movie writer because he did *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles*, two *Home Alones*. Is there anything else I'm forgetting that was written by that was? I don't know about holiday movie wise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know his. Yeah, entire. I know we did. I know I talked about Dutch earlier. Mm-hmm. I love Dutch. It's very un, it's very underrated. But I'm just pointing that out there. He just has, like he, he just oh, yeah, like well, like he he's able to deliver stupid comedy but have a lot of heart. Yeah, John Hughes is one of not the greatest a, writers in cinema history, in my opinion. Not a lot of people can do that. No, no, and he did it for. A long time with many movies, mm-hmm. all unique, and many of them have their own solid places in movie history. Yep, yep. So, yeah, he definitely knows how to write. Yep, 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 yep. And also, Chris Chris Columbus, great director, great director. I agree. You said earlier he was underrated. He, he is underrated. He's very. Underrated. He, he does great with. I think he does great working with children because he he did this. He did Harry Potter, the first two Harry Potter movies. Yep. Um, let's see what else he did. He did he did the first two Home Alones. He did this Home Alone and the next Home Alone. Mm-hmm. By first two, you mean the only two. 
I agree. Right, Thank sure. you for correcting yeah, me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's clear that Home Alone 3 is, is a reboot, not oh, a sequel. They shouldn't have called it 3. And the ones after that, I believe, are also their own, like, spinoffs they, and reboots. They suck. Um, and I mean that. He directed Mrs. Doubtfire. It's a great movie. He directed Rent. Rent. I forgot he directed um, Rent. In nine months. Quite a bit. Yeah, he did quite a, quite a few, quite a few good movies. So he did Christmas with no no he didn't do Christmas with the Cranks. No, he just I think that's produce. He produced and wrote it. Okay. So there's that, and he's directing the upcoming Five Nights at Freddy's. Movie. He also did Pixels. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, I think the real shame is that he did I Love You, Beth Cooper. He also did Gremlins. That's that's holiday. Oh, he did do Gremlins. People think Christmas okay. and Gremlins go together for some reason. <laughs> I know it was, it was, it gives me a Christmas gift, right? I guess. That's what I, I think so. Yeah. That's what I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the, uh, let's <laughs> talk about the uh, Kevin's House of Horrors. <laughs> Once he overhears uh, the wet bandits talking about how they're going to come back at 9 p.m., I don't know why they chose 9 p.m. specifically. They had to get dinner. That's not nearly late enough, I don't think. Like, people can still see them. Like, 9 p.m. is an early burglary, in my opinion. That's like 11, midnight is when you know the whole street's asleep. Oh, yeah. Like, 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 cops. But but they choose 9 p.m. Yeah. Also, I just got a lot of things to say about this. Okay, well, what is it? It starts out, Kevin knows it's 9 p.m. Like, he knows to prepare and he gets ready. Yet he sits down to eat his dinner at 9 p.m. Yeah. And then doesn't get to eat his wonderful, delicious frozen macaroni and cheese dinner. No. Well, he probably didn't know it was 9 p.m. until all of a sudden. I mean, it, it very easily well, could have snuck up on him. I don't know, man, because he, he lollygagged around. Like, he did a whole lot of things, and he left that church, because I made a point to count. It was 8 o'clock when he left that church, so he got all of that ready in one hour. That's some, that is, it, like, timing and planning down to a T. In, in one hour... Mm-hmm. Plus time to eat, mm-hmm. right? Well, he didn't get to eat though. He, yeah, you're right. Because he had to right as he was going to start. He finished his prayer and then it dinged. Yeah, at nine mm-hmm. p.m. Uh, and we start out with them trying to get into the house, and he has um, created ice on all the steps by pouring water on it. Uh, I thought uh, didn't he shoot him with? He shot him with a BB gun first. Well, he made the ice. I mean, he poured water on the steps and yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he. They try the the easy way of just knocking on the door, I guess, to let them in. And yeah, he shoots them through the the doggy door, which they don't have a dog, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> those kind of, those came standards with houses of, in the yeah. 90s. Of course, there's a doggy door for the house without a dog. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it always just seems so painful. Like, listen, I know that these guys said in the movie that this is the house that they wanted, and that's why they chose to work. But, like, you know, you shoot me in the head with a BB gun, and I gotta walk down... I'm going home and like, point. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, you know what? I might get angry at the you BB gun thing, and then I gotta deal with, like, icy steps, and I fall and bust my head, and I go home. Like, you get... I, you know what? You shoot me. Again, you shoot me, I try to get you. I fall down a bunch of frozen steps, I go home. Like, not that dedicated. These guys are dedicated. Yeah. I mean, even... Hell, Harry got shot in the balls with a damn, yeah, with yeah. a damn uh, uh, BB gun. Mom got shot right in the head. He got yep. shot right in the head, and they they just kept on ticking. It's yep. like they did. It's like whenever they were made, they didn't know when to put in the yeah. quit. What would have done it for me? Had, let's say that I get past getting shot with a BB gun, and let's say that I get past falling down a bunch of frozen steps. As soon as I touch that hot doorknob, 
Oh, hell no. Yeah, the hot doorknob is where if I'm if I'm Joe Pesci, I leave, and the iron to the head if I'm Marv is where I leave. Yeah. Like, if I make it down those steps and get inside, like that's because as as horrific as it is, I think for Marv, the iron taking an iron to the head may have been worse than stepping on that nail. Yes, like by a nail would hurt, but an iron an to the iron, face. An iron to the face. There's an article that I have pulled up talking about like the injuries and in the like. <laughs> they spoke to a doctor for this article, <laughs> and I might. Why I'm, do people put so much into this damn movie? I don't people know, do. but they don't did. get it. People right. do, and so I, I t- it's why I tell you, people were rioting. They're talking about you. the iron, and the doctor says that if the distance from the first floor to the basement is 15 feet. And saying the iron weighs four pounds, and that it hits Marv squarely in the face. They say with ser- that serious impact, with enough force to fracture the bones surrounding the eyes, also known as blowout fracture, and can lead to serious disfigurement and debilitating double vision if not repaired properly. And then when it comes to the doorknob, they talk about how if it's glowing red hot in the in the dark. That has been heated to about 751 degrees, which is just absolutely crazy. And he said, by comparison, one second of contact with 155 degree water is enough to cause third degree burns. He said, the temperature of that doorknob is not quite hot enough to cause Harry's hand to burst into flames, but it ain't that far off. That is some intense pain that these guys are going through to get into this house. Not to mention the nail in the foot, the the what is it the the Christmas ornament stepping on the glass, glass Christmas ornaments, ornaments yeah. with your bare so, feet the blowtorch to the head fuck all that what do what do you think is the worst one of them all for whatever reason you may have whether it's you think it would hurt the most or you would be least looking forward to getting hit with it <laughs> paint cans I was gonna say the paint cans because that that looked. That looked like it hurt. That's a full paint can, assumingly, coming at a, a swinging angle, hitting you right, right the in the face. chin. Like, nah. Nah. I don't think... Uh, no. I don't think so. I... No. No, no, no. That would be my first guess. A close second would probably have to be... Uh, man, that iron to the head just... No, actually... God, I don't know. Slipping, think, slipping and falling on ice. I ha- I've had trouble with that. Like that's because you're an old man. I think it, I don't know <laughs> the iron, the iron, the the hot doorknob to the hand might be it for me because uh-huh. like that's permanent disfigurement of your hand. Like, I mean, that to... M will never heal. I mean, like, it was present... you get hit with that paint can in the right spot. You like you your face will probably heal. Yeah, it'll hurt. Like I ain't saying it wouldn't hurt, but. I don't know if you'd be left with permanent damage, you know? Well, like, it's even present in the second movie. That's true, the hand thing. Yeah. yeah. And they get hurt a lot more in the second and movie. And this one wasn't really a booby trap, per se, but he definitely broke some ribs when he hit him with that crowbar in the chest. Oh, yeah. With the, with the spider on him. Yeah, like, I wouldn't want that either. <laughs> you know what? So, these guys are really wanting to get into this house this whole time. That's their goal. This is their... Their prize hit. They get tormented, all right? Kevin ziplines over to the treehouse. And then, at that moment in time, I know their focus has shifted. (laughs) I understand this, that they want 
revenge. But thinking like a crook, you know what I'd have done? Robbed that house as soon as he was in the treehouse. You know why? Because now for him to get in, he's got to go through all those traps and I'm inside the damn house. Yep. And Kevin can't get in. I think they were wanting to get him because he was going to call the cops on him. Which, yeah, he already, but he which, already, which he already did. Right, but like at that point in time, you don't you don't know that he's called the cops. Yeah. He's out of the house. How's he going to call the cops? But he already did. But we don't know that. I'm speaking as we. He is outside of the house, and most of that block is gone. Mm-hmm. Who's he going to go to to call the cops? Like At that point in time, that's what's going through my head as a, as a crook. So I take that opportunity to rob that damn house. I, and I sure as hell am not going to follow that kid... Whenever I don't have a way to zip line over there and I got to crawl, I'm going to rob that house. I'm going to cut that thing and I'm going to rob that house. Never underestimate an idiot. <laughs> if yeah. you had made it through all that, you wouldn't have. No. No, you would have had tunnel wanted. vision on that Yeah, kid. yeah. And I, that's what I said. I know their focus had changed, but if I was a smart crook. You'd have never gone inside. Exactly. First of, well, first of all, I wouldn't. <laughs> because, have, yeah. because clearly this kid has set some traps. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, it wouldn't no. have been. The score would nope. not have been worth it. No, 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 because I mean, I mean, we don't get like a full tour of the house, but I didn't didn't see see much in there that I want. No, (laughs) bunch of junk, right? Like fancy junk. But having having said all this, and it may come across that I don't like this movie, but I do. I very much enjoy it after the first ten minutes. Um, It was a lot of fun, and the last ten minutes. No, no, no. I'm fine with (laughs) like the last ten minutes didn't bother me. Like, and I feel like that argument is gonna be the takeaway. But like, I want to emphasize. That doesn't bother me. It's just Don't me worry. thinking. It's going to get edited. Down. Okay, good. Just me thinking, <laughs> like, long. as a parent, that would have been my reaction, was my only argument. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just trying to argue for the sake of argument for the show. Um, but, like, I didn't watch it and go, What in the world? And try to contact a doctor to figure out if a parent's like a that, psychologist, if this emotional toll would have had a, this on it. Nah, I don't care enough about that. That's almost too much. Yeah. That's, that's almost wasting it's your time. It's just weird the movies that people uh, focus on to, like, why, why, why do this research for this movie? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. they never, it's not claimed to be some hyper-realistic thing. No. Where it's like, ah, we caught you. Right. You didn't do it, you didn't do it realistically. Yeah. Who cares about the phone lines and the, what the order, uh, he did, ordered a pizza and like, did, did, I understand your point about it being a plot hole, but this is what the type of movie where I don't care. Sure. It's your entertainment. Like, yeah. Yeah, sometimes just, you just gotta have fun. Yeah, I mean, and you know... And the second half of this movie is great fun. But yeah. watching it again, you know, as a kid, you, you remember all of the, the traps and things like that. That's not a long part of the movie. It's like 15, 20 minutes total in an hour. I mean... That's the part for, that everybody yeah. remembers. But like most of the movie is not that, but that's what you remember. It's, it's more of a, a build. And, and again, it's an emotional family movie. But people remember those 15, 20 minutes. And as a kid... You feel like that's most of the movie, and as an adult, it's it's certainly not. Yeah. Another thing I thought that wouldn't happen today, there's no way that mom would get in the back of that van with all those creepy strangers. Absolutely not. But it would, it probably would in 1990. Yeah. But not in 2018. No. Especially once you see it's literally a a glorified U-Haul truck. It's not even a real van. Mm -hmm. They just sit in the back of a storage area. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) No. Driving from Milwaukee to Chicago, no. Let's put it in 2018 context. So let's say that you did leave a kid... Home alone, while you ended up being in Paris. First of all, I don't Here's think how, there's any way that that's possible to happen. The power, the power going out wouldn't have affected their alarms. They still would have woken up because they would have used their phones, and they would have had cell phones, right? Um, 
it would have been real easy to FaceTime each other. Right, probably. assuming they actually did forget him. Yeah. They would have been able to, she would have been able to call him from the airplane. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, probably. She went on an international it, flight. I think I've never. You've flown internationally. I have. Is there uh, is there like built in phones into the flights? Because we're uncultured swine who haven't traveled internationally. It's 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 funny you mention that because I took my first I took my first plane trip I think when I was six or seven, and there were phones on the plane. You could call on the plane. All you had to do was run your credit card through, and. The phone came out. Right. I'm more interested in 2018, though. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes, there are. You could actually... I don't know if you can use, like, your personal phone, but... No, I, I assume have, not. Yeah, not yeah. that high in the air. But, but they probably have some sort of satellite phone situation. Like, yeah. you wouldn't probably use it, but in the event of an emergency, mm-hmm. if you left your kid at home, right. that exists, you could call someone? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, um, yeah there's a phone that's... There's a phone that's not it's not in every row, but uh, well, I take that back. I think there is one. I didn't see one, but mm-hmm. I do know they were there. So, I, so, so there's that that she could have called him from the phone or from the plane. Uh, you would have had easy access if you have your n- neighbor's phone numbers. You would have been able to contact them a little easier because again, everybody has a cell phone, so you're not reliant on house lines. That's true. The I the only argument for that is that in the story they claim that they're the whole street's on vacation, so they'd also yeah, be gone. That's, you could call them, but they wouldn't be home either. Sure. Um, a house that big would have had a security system. Yep. Oh yeah. That would because uh, um, they did lock up and everything, so you would assume that he's also set the alarm. Yeah. Um, which probably would have gone off when Kevin got up. Exactly, because so, they would have said it in... Like, and the police would have come. At least the way, the, the way the security systems I've seen are, is you can set it for stay or you can set it for away and have like an entry delay. If you're, if you're going to be gone and assume your whole family's there, you set it for away with no entry delay. As soon as somebody starts moving, that sucker goes off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, if the plane was about to take off, you, if that plane left in 45 minutes... There's an absolutely, in this day and age, absolutely. no way you would have made that flight. That was one thing I was oh, going to no, say. Oh, like, no, but you got to remember how easy it was to get through security right, right. then. Yeah, so. but we're putting it in 2018 yeah, now, yeah. so there's absolutely no you gotta way you would have made that flight. You got to take your shoes off. And... Yep. Well, you got to, I mean, they're saying, they're telling you you need to get it, you need to get there at least two hours. Yeah. Like yeah. two, like a, you give yourself a two hour buffer. They opened the door to get them on the plane. I don't think they opened the door anymore. I think no. that it, if that door shuts, you're SOL. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, and they also wouldn't have let they. There's no way they'd let that lady trade her plane tickets to yeah. some stranger who hasn't been like vetted. And just... Yeah. Also, there's no way any of people would be nice enough to trade their tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll stay here at the airport for two days uh-huh. just so you can go find your kid that you forgot, you bad mom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I I I, I bring that up only because like sometimes I you know you have to put yourself outside of a bubble. Because uh, in this day and age, it's it's hard to make movies like that because people see it and go, why didn't you just call on your cell phone? Yeah. Why didn't you just do this? Why didn't you? Do-? You have to remember that back in the '90s, you didn't have all of these things. So this movie, I don't think I'm sure there's a way that it could be done, but it would be a lot more difficult to make this movie now than in 1998. That's why I think that this movie, movies like this, should not be touched in terms of like being rebooted, being. Uh, no, it'd be too hard. It would be very hard. Like, you couldn't do it. Like, you'd have to... You'd it'd have, have to be, set it in 1990. It'd have to be a very... Yeah. It'd have to be a very, like, circumstantial movie. Where, like, you know, 
small town or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just pointing that out there. But, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff that happened then just couldn't happen today. Um, I know this is wrong, but that makes me kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, no, well... Like, it's wrong, because the, the technology today would prevent a thing like that from happening, and that's good. Yeah. But it makes me sad that this movie couldn't really exist today. Yeah. Because it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's more plot... It also makes me think, man, we just have too much... It's too easy to communicate. It's just don't... I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need that mess. Well, the thing is, the thing is now is that, like, uh, commenting on the next movie, which... Or not the next movie, but the like, sequel to like this. Home Alone 2, yeah. Yeah, Home Alone 2. That's actually kind of a more plausible thing to actually get yeah, lost. Yeah, I agree it with is. that. The, it, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, to get lost in New York, to get on the wrong plane. That could that, happen That today. can happen. That now, you can could happen. you could have the same argument about, well, Kevin would also probably still have a cell phone, and he could call his parents when they got there. Sure. But sure. you're right that that, that could happen, it's a, a more, plane mix-up. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 easily plausible to get on it, to, to lose a plane, to get on a plane and if you ever get lost in New York, you wouldn't be lost. Yeah. What? New York is a magical oh. place. <laughs> I don't know. If you were nine or ten. That's true. Although yeah. Kevin has no fears, apparently. Just and the furnace. And the I'm basement. not afraid anymore. But Kevin you hear also, me? I'm not afraid anymore. But Kevin also exactly. had a uh, family there. That he didn't find out until he was there. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think he ever saw them, did he? No. He just went to the house. He ended up that, at the hotel with Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> And Tim Curry. And Tim Curry. Before we get into ranking or anything else, uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about this movie as well. Uh, one that I just learned about, but apparently is more common than the one that I know about, but I'm also creepy and you'll understand what I mean here in a minute. Uh, Elvis is believed to have been in this movie by some people, despite the fact that he died in 1977. Uh, it is a theory that he is in the airport scene. There's a guy who is got like, he's just an extra. He's got like a turtleneck and a beard and people think it's Elvis for some reason. Uh, I think they liken it, I, I don't know, people stretch for a lot of different things. But the one of the things is like Christopher Columbus, the movie he did before Home Alone in 1988 was Heartbreak Hotel about Elvis. And uh, Elvis is, de- is not dead. And so he's alive and he's the extra because if you put the beard on Elvis and give him a, a little bit of weight, it's Elvis. Because people are weird. Next. That's stupid. <laughs> Next. Uh, people have a, a fan theory about Kevin McAllister growing up to be Jigsaw from the Saw movies. <laughs> Do you think that all these things exist and the over-analysis of this movie exists because of the age of the of kids who grew up watching it? Who are now our age and are weird. I don't know. Kids are all like, uh, people, millennials of our specific age group are like, everything's a meme and everything's a weird conspiracy and everything's a BuzzFeed list. I feel like I'm doing the SNL drunk uncle bit. The BuzzFeed lists and, yeah. the, and the things. So this theory and was actually... we can't actually, just enjoy something. Yeah. This theory was actually put together in, in 2014. Uh, I, we might... I'll send you this link and maybe we can put the link to this one. Because it's, it's a more interesting read than the Elvis one. Uh, in the liner notes of this show. Uh, they talk about how uh, Kevin gets really interested in Old Man Marley when he finds out that he's a serial killer. Um... 
And they talk about how a lot of Jigsaw's traps have to do with fire and furnaces. And that Kevin has a very (laughs) interesting relationship with fire and furnaces in this. Um, (laughs) they, They talk about his use of video technology or audio technology in a sense of using the movie in this one to communicate with the pizza guy and making him think that he's shooting him. Uh, same thing with Marv. He does the same thing. In the second one, he's got the handicam or the, the, talk the audio, the talk boy, and he uses that. He takes a video of Uncle Frank in the shower and uses that. So they they talk about all of this. They talk about how most of Kevin's traps were triggered by the victims, just like how Jigsaw's traps are. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not. Gi- I don't give credit to this theory because it's no, just silly. Those are but just, they, 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 the fact that someone he says that he has spent several years coming up with this theory. That's a and sad that use he of time. Lo- he went through like frame by frame, and at the very end, he talks about how Macaulay Culkin, as a kid, looks like a, they have the same skin tone, they have the same eye color as um, Jigsaw, and it claims that. In the movie scene, if you look in the background, you see a little creepy clown on a bike. Well, and they that, have that this just goes to this just goes to prove that people out there, some people out there, just have way too much time on their yeah, hands. Yeah, we got the clicks he wanted out of it because that's dumb as hell. Yeah. Why? Why would you put? You know, it's not true. You know that that is wrong. I just and you still spend hours proving it. Well, and here's the thing: for this to let's say. That this is true. Let's say that this is true. The only way that this can be true is if the people who created Saw saw all of these things or like actually took time and thought about this and went in their brains. What do you, what do you say? We take Kevin McAllister and turn him into a serial killer, and they purposely put all of these subtle things in there. Like I don't feel like two people can come up with this same mindset and one person come up with it and then another person notice it and be like, oh my goodness, and they pick it apart. Like, that just is it is bananas. So, no, it's not true. And that is the only way that it could be true is if the people of Saw were like, let's do it this way just for us. And I'd only accept it if they could prove to me that they thought of it before Saw came out. Yeah. I wouldn't want it to be retroactive. Yeah. If they said, no, we were thinking that when we started it, mm-hmm. then maybe. That's just dumb. That's yeah. dumb. Yep. But it's out there. Okay. This is a very... It's not a compelling read. I mean, it's not like a... It doesn't make me think, oh, man, this is it. But it is an interesting read in the it sense is, of how much thought this guy actually put into it's, it. It's interesting, but the thing is, is that... There's other things in the world you could be concentrating on. <laughs> yeah, you world can... peace. Let's end hunger. Let's stop AIDS. Let's stop terrorism. No, we're just going to compare Home Alone to Jigsaw. Yeah, or just watch Home Alone again. That's a good use of time. That is a good use of time. <laughs> just watch it. Have a... Or watch Saw. <laughs> and there's seven of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eight. Eight. Yeah, I'm sorry. Technical. So Home Alone came out November 16th, 1990. It was... For 21 years, the highest-grossing live-action comedy film of all time in the United States and worldwide. That is crazy. What was it overtaken by? The Hangover Part 2 in 2011. Mm. Another huge moneymaker. 
That's a 21-year record, though. That's a 21-year record. That's pretty good. <laughs> right? Um, it opened at number one with a haul of $17 million. Other movies in the top ten that week include Rocky Five, Child's Play 2, Ugh. The Rescuers Down Under, Hey, hey I like that movie, yeah. Ghost, Jacob's Ladder, Reversal of Fortune, Sibling Rivalry, White Palace, and Quigley Down Under. Hmm. Were you about to say something? Yeah, I was. Oh, Rescu- Rescuers Down Under You're was still the, thrown off by that. Rescuers Down Under was the first movie that I've ever seen. Really? In a theater. Really? Yeah. Well, and it that was its first week in release. Yeah. Um, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I yep. saw that, and then I went to go see this. So technically, this is number two. Wow. Home Alone in in 1990 dollars made 285 million dollars in the United States, with a worldwide haul. Of four hundred and seventy-six million dollars. That's crazy. That's a lot, a lot for the mo- for of that money for that time, especially for that time. Didn't he say uh, last or at the symphony thing that it was in theaters until June the next year? It was. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, because it didn't get released. I don't think it got released on video cassette until like like next Christmas. Then again, like mass production of video wasn't like you, you had to wait a little while in order for something to finally finally get released but i do remember very specifically that that did not come out until at least the next year so because it was still popular for when you 285 million dollars in the united states when you adjust for inflation that is 619 million dollars in the u.s mm. which puts it just barely ahead of star wars the last jedi wow Dang. It is the 42nd highest grossing film of all time adjusted for inflation. Wow. So, wow. Nominated for two Oscars. Both of them were John Williams. Uh, best original score and best song. Kaboom. Uh, Macaulay Culkin was nominated for best actor at the Golden Globes. I don't think he won. No. It was also nominated for best picture that year. At, at the, the Oscars? At the Golden, oh, at the Golden Globes. Globes. Yeah. Um, oh, he music- lost to Gerard Depardieu. Well, that's sad. <laughs> Johnny Depp, Edward Scissorhands, Richard eh. Gere, Pretty Woman, and Patrick Swayze in Ghost, and they gave it to Gerard Depardieu of all of those classic roles. Kevin McAllister, Edward Scissorhands. What was Gerard for? Green Card. I've oh, never heard of that movie. Nope. I would have personally given it to Patrick Swayze. I love that guy. Would you have given it to Patrick Swayze because you love that guy? Or because you think hey, he was really better in Ghost than Johnny Depp was in Edward Scissorhands, Richard Gere in Pretty Woman, or Macaulay Culkin in I will Home say, I will say this. Ghost Ghost still makes me cry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit that. Whoa. So, Ghost makes me cry. And that movie still gets to me today. I mean, it's a it's a it's an affecting movie, man. This took a turn I didn't expect it to. Sure. With you opening up your your heart about uh about Ghost. Yeah, Ghost is like I mean, Ghost is a deep movie. It's a great film, and also it made a lot of money that year. But no, it's a it's a really good movie, and it just man that green card movie also won the best picture at the Golden Globes that year against Dick Tracy, Ghost, Home Alone, and Pretty Woman. Wow. Peter Weir did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Peter Weir. Who's that? He directed The Truman Show. He directed Master and Commander. Oh, so one good movie. What now? Well, so one good movie. You get out. 
You uh, don't like Master and Commander. I love Master and Commander. Revelations abound. Okay. Anyway. I love Master and Commander. So it made a lot of money. I would give this 5 out of 5. Easy. It's a big yes for me. I'd give it 6 out of 5. Wow. I was going to go 4. Bang. To me, for what it is, there's nothing wrong with it. No. For what it is. It's, I mean, granted, this is Christmas time, and it's quintessential, it's it's the quintessential Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. You can't, you almost can't associate Christmas movies without Home Alone anymore. And to have this movie, to have this movie in the Christmas repertoire is, is, uh, is great because, you can, I mean, you can watch it over and over again. It's still hilarious. It's still funny. It's still, I don't know about fresh, but it still just has, it has that quality. As I mentioned in the very beginning of this, it has a timeless quality that you can't put your finger on. Yeah, something about it is timeless. I agree. So, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. All right. And John Williams' score is fantastic. What do you guess the Rotten Tomatoes score is? I'm going to give it 73. Oh. That's low. I'm going to give it 92. Okay. I'm going to go with an 80. Oh, my. 63. That's a lot lower than I expected. That was a lot lower than I expected. Uh, Audience score is at 79. Wow, I did not know that everyone was an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you learn something new every day. I'm really surprised. I, I guess I'm not. Comedies like this are hard to get critics to enjoy. Well, I mean, I guess when you think about the fact that we've found example after example of idiots nitpicking this movie for no reason at all, yeah. I'm not surprised that some people are like, I don't know. I don't think it was that good because it wasn't very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I thought clearly Kevin would have called the police the next morning. That's wild. Well, I think that ends our show. This is an extremely long episode. (laughs) People like Home Alone, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. It'll be less long by the time anyone hears it. How about that? Magic. The magic of editing. So we will be back next week. I think we decided Love Actually is next week. Yay. And then the Christmas... Nah, we were... I didn't finish it. No. You don't know what it is. I the, forgot that we went. The Christmas what? It, it could be literally anything. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of words that can yeah. come after that. So next week though is is love actually. I I was allowed to say that. Okay. Because you have to know that next week is love actually. Um, it is a romantic comedy starring many beloved actors. Oh yeah, great um, cast. Very good cast. Um, Pretty much half of England, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a young uh, Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. A uh, young Severus Snape. That's true. And uh, uh, Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, uh, the little kid who isn't he in August Rush later? I don't know. I like that movie. Oh, uh, Freddie Highmore. Yes, Freddie Highmore. I don't think Freddie Highmore is in it. Though. No, you wait. What then? What are you? Then why'd you say Freddie Highmore? Because you said the little kid from August Rush, <laughs> and I know who that. But was. But I was clearly trying to figure out the kid in Love Actually. Uh, Liam Neeson's in it. In a he's non, not a kid. In a non-action role. Where's just the full? Ca- okay, here we go. Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, Kira Knightley, Colin Firth, Liam Neeson. I don't know how to say his name, but I've seen it a million Bill times. Bill Nye. 
Chiwetel Elijah-Four, Andrew Lincoln, Laura Linney, Martin Freeman, Billy Bob Thornton, Rowan Atkinson, Alicia Jan- Cuthbert, January Jones, Shannon Elizabeth, Denise Richards. Literally, we could go on forever. And a special cameo by... Don't spoil the cameo! All right. I will not Some of us it. haven't seen the movie. That's true. <laughs> so we'll be back next week with Love Actually as our Christmas-themed month of December continues. You can find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod and on Instagram, just search so many sequels pod there. We're available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Leave us a rating and review. That helps us find the show and sh- er, helps us find the show, helps others find the show. I'm well aware of where it is. Um, <laughs> but your friends may not, so send, a, send them a link if you want to hear a bunch of idiots argue about Home Alone for <laughs> at least an hour. <laughs> you should send this link to them. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Um, did I just steal your line? You did. I didn't yeah. even mean to. Um, shout out to the Tulsa Symphony for doing a great job with this production. Amen to that. It was fun to see the movie in their, under their terms because they did a, a, cool, a cool thing with it. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Uh, all right. Until next time. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, you filthy, filthy animals. animals. And a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs>